Welcome and happy Friday. This is Travelog, the podcast of Condé Nast Traveler, and we are here in the podcast studios. Uh, I've got Catherine the Grave. Say hi, Catherine. Hello. I've got Sebastian Modak. Hey. Erin uh, Florio. Hi. And Meredith Carey. Hello, hello. <laughs> they are all editors for Traveler, and they are I'm all- sorry, wait. Pardon the giggles. <laughs> what happened? We're all just here hanging out, drinking our drinks, we're getting ready to talk about this subject. And I think Erin just pulled out flashcards. Her script. Hello. Hello. Did you, did you have to read that off the card? I'm taking it very ha, seriously. Ha, 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 hello. Erin? No, no, Erin. Hello. Hello. Sorry, okay, as and, you were. Yeah, these are all, all all you people are strong on the index card airline beat. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to get into <laughs> Sorry, oh, no, we, Are we still with the index cards? <laughs> this is going to be the worst podcast we, we've ever. Oh, you st- yeah. Clearly. <laughs> okay, my name's not Brad Rickman. <laughs> and I'm not your host for whatever fiasco (laughs) this is about to be but i think contention is in order because what we are going to do here today is talk about some of the most hotly debated topics in air travel you've all got them you know what we're talking about when we say these things air travel sucks there's just no way to sugarcoat that getting on what is essentially a flying bus to go from one place to another (laughs) is ameliorated only by the amazingness of the place that you're going to. The rest of it is just varying degrees of put up with it, right? Am I right? A hundred percent. It's a miracle, but yes, yes it's an annoying yeah. I was going to say, it is like a <laughs> let's, let's technological marvel <laughs> that it's amazing. happening at all. But I think we have got to the point where it's been around long enough where we can start just complaining about it a little bit. A lot. A, a, lot. a, lot. a lot. I feel like, Easily. A lot. I feel like the flush toilet is a miracle too. <laughs> <laughs> and yet, you know... Yeah, uh, it doesn't cost five hundred dollars every time you <laughs> do it. No, you're right, and I think also if we're talking like relatively speaking, I, th- there aren't a lot of prospects of it getting much better in the foreseeable future. But constantly, it gets worse as seats get smaller, as seat pitch gets smaller, as they stop giving you food. Then they give you food, but they charge you ten dollars for a bottle of water, you know, etc. So but I think they're just making there are things it to less, complain about. They're making it less and less glamorous at every turn. Well, mm-hmm. they're trying to show the difference between. You know, you can pay this much and get basic economy, or we're going to put it right next to economy, and you can see that you can get a check back and you can get a meal. So, yeah, at the same time, it's becoming less glamorous and more glamorous for the people in front of the cabin. I think it's just, like, showing the differences. And like you were saying, Seb, all the tweaks that they're doing, those are just sort of Band-Aid fixes, and that's why we have all these debates. Exactly. Because what they're doing is turning up the heat in the human crucible (laughs) (laughs) that is the modern airline. Mm -hmm. And so let's get right into these controversial subjects. The first of these controversial subjects is starting from the beginning of your journey, how early should you get to the airport? Catherine and I have minor freakouts about this all the time (laughs) because I will regularly wait until the very last minute. And I'm talking like when I'm back home in Dallas, I wait until maybe 50 minutes until my plane is about to leave. That gives me nervous just hearing you say that. And I drive. Before you leave your house? I drive the 10 minutes to Love Field and I go Mm -hmm. through pre check with my carry on bag to get on Southwest. (laughs) And I just 
float through and then I'm at the gate as boarding starts and I just get on the plane. It has not, knock on wood, bit me in the ass yet, but it, it, I've gotten real close to missing my flight. I was going to say. Um, at which point I was talking to another traveler editor, Laura, who was telling me explicitly not to tell Catherine that I was like sprinting <laughs> through the airport because it was from her desk going to stress her out so much. Yep. Um, I am like a very late to the airport person. I just don't like spending time in the airport. So I'm going to spend as little time as possible. It's why part of the reason why I have pre-check because I know that even if the line is really bad, I'm going to be able to get through. I know that I rarely check a bag. So you don't have to like factor in time for that. The only time in New York that I have to factor in for is actually traffic to get to the airport. And then I'm there, then I get on the plane. That have is you, it. Have you ever had a situation in which you could not find space for your carry-on? No. Wow. But wow. They always check it yeah. out. The, but I mean, they would the, yeah, I the mean, they would check that it out. the gate. gate. Check it if yeah. I used to be I've changed. I've changed. So I, I used to, in many ways, but in this way too, <laughs> I used to be someone who was of the Meredith variety, leaving it to like the very last minute and I'm still that way with some things, but when getting to the airport, I would like... Like filing copy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, 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 uh, I would get to a point where like, I w- couldn't even like, explain it, but I'd be like, oh, I have time to read this article before I call a cab. <laughs> and, like, I'd just sit and read the article, and then I'd be like, oh, wait, I just need like one more cup of coffee. And then I'll, I would just procrastinate and procrastinate going to the airport, and then I'd be freaking out. Then I realized two things. One... I love airport bars. <laughs> and okay, that's going to be another one. <laughs> Literally the only place the only place anywhere in the world it's permissible to drink at any hour, airport bar. All by yourself. 6 a.m. I love a it. I just love sitting there. I love like that you have an hour or something and there's really nowhere to go. There's nothing to do and you just kind of watch other travelers. It's like really You're not going to be driving. You're not going to be driving. You probably period. sleep better on the plane if you have a beer or two. <laughs> I always like order chicken fingers for some reason. I, I don't know. It's overpriced and it's whatever, but it's it's fun. That was one thing I realized. Two, this is a topic for a whole other podcast and a whole other lot of things. But <laughs> as a person who looks vaguely Middle Eastern, um, I had to learn rather quickly that I had to budget in some extra time in case I was taken into the. And I'm making air quotes for the people for you know this is a podcast. I understand that audio. Um, <laughs> There's a secret. There's I was a secret taken, YouTube feed. Taken to the, you know, for those who are taken often into random security lines. It's, in to- it's totally uh, random. Totally random. Randomized. Uh, it's just a coincidence that everyone else looks like you in that line. Um, I had to, you know, kind of bake that in that it might be an extra twenty minutes, thirty minutes before I get through security. So. That's how I've changed. I just don't like flying. And I think it gives me some sense of like, I feel like I'm a little more in control to get to the airport early, to sit at Chili's, to just be in control. Yeah, We all know you're, you're going, you're beelining to the Auntie Anne's. We know your secret, KLG. Catherine loves Auntie Anne's. Okay. And now the world knows. Separate what podcast. Auntie Anne's? The little pretzel bites that you can dip. So good. In what? Well, you know, sometimes I get one, two sauces, maybe Don't three. Don't ask. <laughs> That's private. Secret recipe, yeah. Secret recipe. But basically, yes, I feel more comfortable when I'm there. I have TSA pre-check too. And... You know, that's just mostly so I don't have to stand behind dweebs <laughs> who don't know what to take out. Yes, take your shoes off um, because I'm there so early. Like, I will still get there two hours before a domestic flight. I just, what if there's traffic Me on too. the Van Wick? 
I'm exactly the same way. You I don't use know. Google Maps. No, you check I don't. Accidents happen. Accidents happen, and the Google Maps can't prepare. Yeah, for I gotta say that's pretty that's Google not, Maps yeah. rookie, man. Like that. No way. Ways you use ways. Whatever. There's just nothing worse than missing a flight when you could have not missed the flight. Like I've, I I've missed flights where there was everything was working against me and it just happened. But when you like are reading an article, on, you know in your house sipping coffee because you're like, oh, I've got all the time in the world. No, I bet you miss fault. a flight. It's the worst feeling in the world. I also just have this feeling and I don't know where it comes from. To me, I've never missed a flight. I'm knocking on wood. Missing a flight would be like the equivalent of like the world coming to an end. For some reason, that seems so catastrophic for me and I it agree. scares me so much, yeah. even though it's completely ridiculous no way out. that <laughs> I just can't risk it. And I'm sure it was because of the way my parents were when I was a small child. Even domestically, like Catherine said, if I am within two hours, if I'm still not at the airport and it's an hour and 59 minutes until my flight and I'm taking one hour flight away, I start to, to freak out. We got a problem. I just prefer. Yeah. yeah. No, I completely agree. It feels catastrophic to miss a flight. I just can't let it happen. How about for international flights? How long? Yeah. I exercise a two-hour rule, domestic or international. I know it's like Ooh, one I, I hour domestic. I go to three hours. See, I don't, yeah. I, I'm two hours every I'll time. I'll do two hours for an international flight because that seems like a bigger deal to miss more often than not than a domestic flight because usually there's more frequency and I can get on a new flight. But you work backwards. Like an international flight, they're going to board an hour before. So then you're already at two hours. Yeah. And then we can talk about... Let me ask the early arrivers (laughs) a question. Do the late arrivers ever cause problems. It bothers me tremendously when I have gotten there with due diligence and I see, (laughs) no, I'm serious and I'm waiting in the security line and I know that I can wait and not say anything and I don't have TSA pre-check because I have ample time to get to my gate and all of a sudden a a storm of people or three individuals or whomever, oh, my flight's leaving in 30 minutes and they're, okay, come through and I'm like, damn it, are they just beating the system? Aaron's the person who's like sitting at the gate and hears over the PA, (laughs) they'd be like, like John Smith, John Smith, can you please come to the gate? Final call, John Smith and Aaron's just sitting there being like, that asshole. (laughs) Just take off the plane should just leave. He deserves it. No, but I I do, I get, I I like secretly sort of hate the people that rush, get rushed through the security lines because they're calling it tight. And I'm like, I don't know if those people have just fucked up or if they're just playing a game and they're getting away with it every time. <laughs> I agree they with know. you though. They're married. It bothers me. <laughs> if it's a connecting have, flight, that's fine. But yes. if you're just, if this is your first if flight of the Sebastian day. If you're Sebastian and you had coffee and you read an extra article. <laughs> leave them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, you're right. That's what I've learned. I told you guys. <laughs> change I've changed, it in. You're changed it in. It's a convert. Yeah. I have invested in TSA pre-check so that I don't do that thing. Okay. You should change, Meredith. <laughs> <laughs> okay, God. Now, are, are you? Do you drive? I do not have a license. No. Do you? Do you drive? I don't have a. I mean, I don't have a car. Oh God, never mind then. I was going to ask. It's like the same. <laughs> you live thing in New like, York. Who drives? Yeah. When I was in Dallas, drive to leave New York. I was going to ask about. It's those same people when you're you're merging into the yeah. exit oh, on those the people. highway, mm. and those fuckers <laughs> go right, right up to the the where the where the, the last exit ramp point of merging. Off, yeah. And then they just jam their way in there because you're polite. You hate them. They're terrible. Nice guys. I am a, a line waiter on the road, and I am very rude and don't let anyone in. And I will be like an inch from the car in front of Mary, me. Like, I'm seeing all these sides to you that I'm not, I'm not liking. <laughs> That's what happens. That's what this podcast is all about. I can't wait for the other topics. <laughs> no. Keep coming up. I think I might get kicked out halfway through this, guys. So. All right. So somewhere between three hours and 50 minutes. approximately 47 <laughs> minutes is the time. 
you should get to the airport. All of you should be like Sebastian and change. Just just get 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 with the program. Okay. Next question. Hovering at the boarding gate. So first of all, can we describe what we're talking about here? It drives me Okay, okay, insane. but what is it? Let's, let's paint the picture for the people. It's this when, is... like, they haven't even announced boarding. Maybe they haven't even announced, like, I It's like know, when they the say, right we'll begin boarding time. in 10 minutes, but right? But not even before that. Uh, like, people are people will go and they'll just start lining up by the gate. But, but it's people not a line. Up. It's yeah. just a horde of humanity mm. just sitting there as if, like, it's the, opposite the of plane's going to leave without them. And I understand the counter argument. I have my my carry on pull bag, and I need that that overhead space. But you're not going to get on the plane. You're not going. They board by zones these days. They're not going to let you on until they call your zone. <coughs> so like, just sit down. Put every like. It makes me the, puts me on edge. The problem with it is that it has this sheep effect. Whereas when one or two people start doing it, it makes four people who may have been inclined to just wait for their zone feel nervous, and they do it, which makes other right. people do it, and it's sort of. It has this like knock on effect. If people could just all chill it slows out, down. Like you're gonna get on later because it slows down the entire boarding process because you have the people who, when they're boarding first class, they're in like zone twelve and they're coming up and they're like, "Hey, me!" and they're no, you have to wait another like twenty minutes until we call your zone. Nah, that, I hover. That yeah. That being said, like I I hover because anti ends in hand, just yeah, <laughs> munching on your pretzel me stick. Me and Catherine get there the, early enough. We deserve to be. Yeah. <laughs> I have her because the only reason, uh, uh, first of all, my whole objective when I'm flying is to not have to check my bag, is to not have to deal with the baggage carousel at the end of my flight, to get off my flight and breeze through. I do care about it, and I have packed intentionally to avoid that. So what I do, uh, therefore, that dictates all of my actions after to make sure I still can avoid the baggage carousel. And if that means, and I, I'm respectful about it, there's a right way and a wrong way to hover, I completely believe. If that means I have to linger on my two feet by the gate so that I am the first, I'll be, I will wait for my zone to be cold, but I will be the first in my zone when it is cold, then I will do it. We've Done. talked, so Sidra, one of our colleagues who was a former gate agent and former flight attendant, she did this story for us about like the worst passengers, according to a gate agent, uh -oh. and the hoverer is the first person so that, that the she talks about. There are degrees of hovering. The there are degrees of hovering. I'm a respectful hovering. Also, like, you're about to be on certain flights. You're about to be on a plane for 14 hours. Why do you want to sit there for an extra 20 minutes? I just like, like to go and get settled again. I do, too. Feeling like... I think me and Catherine makes me travel very well together. <laughs> yeah, Aaron, let's go. We should travel together. <laughs> Why did Sidra not like them? Um, She was saying that, you know, it's kind of that sheep mentality, which is that... The gate agents can't help the people who actually need assistance because there are too many point. people blocking the gate that, you, you know, your seat is assigned and, you know, it's, no one's going to be sitting in it by the time you get on the plane. And while I understand Aaron's point, because I also try to always travel with a carry-on and pack accordingly, like most airlines, at least domestically, are not going to charge you if there's not room for your bag. This it's not about paying, it's about having my bag with me when I get off the plane. But uh, like for an international flight, for example, it's gonna usually be on the carousel by the time you get through immigration and everything else. It doesn't. If you and it's not gonna get lost because they're literally putting it in the plane right in front of you. But if they gate check it, it doesn't on. go to the carousel anyway. Sometimes right? it Sometimes does. Sometimes it does. Oh, quite yeah. often it does. Yeah. Can I just, I would say back to Sidra, it may not be Sidra, that is it may not be her job, but. I feel like if they would enforce the carry-on regulations a little more stringently, 
I would buy into and consistently, and consistently, consistently yeah. because consistently. I feel like I see. So I'm with these guys over here secretly. I am such an anxious <laughs> traveler. I can't like I discovered this about myself, and I don't like it. But I have just massive anxiety, and the only way to control to drink more at the bar. Yeah. Is to get to the airport and to get all of these things settled, to get myself sort of situated. Yeah. Like you said, like I, I want to get on the plane and get situated. Yeah. I'm not comfortable until I'm in that seat. And like I don't care what chaos is happening around me after that. Like you can have your babies flying by, you can be <laughs> dropping shit on the floor, and you can be crashing stuff around and yelling across the whatever. I don't care because I'm here and I'm cool. And like now I'm going to get where I'm going. I'm not going to miss my plane. I'm gonna get where I'm going. My my bag is so is everything stowed. is how you need it. To everything yep. is the way it needs to be. Yeah. But Sounds if like you problem. get there, I, I, I can throw you know good money at therapy. There, that's fine. Um, but they're, they're not gonna be on the plane with me. So, um, but you get on the plane. One of the things that you see is these people coming in with giant you know, carry-ons that are multi-part and they've got things that zip on over here and they zip on over there and they don't fit any which ways. They don't fit the normal way. So then they take up the whole fucking bin Mm -hmm. because they have to turn it sideways. And it's just nobody comes and says, no, not okay, out of bounds. Like if Sidra would get in front of those people and block them, you know, in front of all the people, she's a gate agent, not a football player. <laughs> and, and the people that have more than one, like you have more than one carry on, and you have more than one personal item, that really like annoys me because then I'm like, like one. my bag's not gonna fit. Yeah, that gives me anxiety when I see all those people rolling by. I'm like, <sighs> all right, so hover respectfully. Or, or just don't, don't hover. Or Take don't a hover. seat, read just your book, and chill, chill until they call your zone. <laughs> if I check haven't checked bag. a bag, I'm totally fine chilling out. It's honestly, it all is about. I, I mean, if I, I have checked a bag, excuse this is, me, I, it's all about my carry on. Yeah, this is the That's only it. time that I think I would say, like, great job, Southwest, because Meredith, you know how I feel about Southwest, but they actually do a great job. Like, Big I know sigh. their boarding <sighs> process is, is whatever, because they have, like, there's no assigned seats. But they're very clear in marketing, like your yeah. zone one, your zone two, your zone three. And they're like waiting areas almost. So you wait in that zone until it's called and then it's a free for all. But if they did that in all gate areas where like you sat in the area that your zone was, I feel like it would go a lot quicker because people wouldn't just be sitting right by the gate agent. They'd be like, okay, I'm zone two. I just hang out in zone two. And then you clearly see who's coming from zone two to board. So it's not the person from zone four who's trying to like get ahead or who hasn't heard the PA. And Can they I, also, with Southwest, they like move everyone through pretty quickly. So with those signs, it'll say like, okay, the left and the right are both A, and then the first A group goes. So then they fill that with the B people so that right. when it's time, it's they're ready to go. And so you can be ready and prepared and like, you don't even have to listen to the gate agent. Yeah, you, you just, just have to chilling. look at the sign. And then like, I yeah, I feel like for all the shit people give Southwest on this podcast, Mostly I will me. say <laughs> that they like this... This is something I feel like it is a lot less stressful and I do fly Southwest a lot. So maybe that's why I'm like comfortable getting there at the last minute or um, super okay not hovering because I fly them the most and it seems the easiest to get away with doing those things when you're flying Southwest. One last thing that airlines need to be more consistent about, if not the carry on size and how many items you have as your carry on allowance, uh, the age of small children that are allowed to 
pre-puberty. <laughs> I'm sorry. I've <laughs> seen families like, yep, I have a kid, and I'm like, he's been through puberty. He is not pre-boarding. <laughs> they need to be more consistent with like what defines like families with small children. Yeah. Yeah. That crowds up the hovering. Uh, oh, the uh, kids are like. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This may be the nuclear weapon of, of, Bring of it on. airline yeah, debates. I think I know what it is. Air, airline <clears throat> protocol debates. When and do you recline oh, God. your seat? Oh, yes. I'm with you, I think, on this case. I always recline. I, Are you with me? I always recline. If you're going to give me that ability in my seat, I'm going to recline. Not when you're eating. I respect that. Yeah. But, hey, if the button's I, there and I, I paid for that, I'm going to yeah, recline. I'm going to recline. I think the not when you're eating is really important. And I've seen airlines where the flight attendants will come around and very politely ask people to put their seats up when it's like mealtime if they're awake. Um, and I think that's what they should do because I think there's certain moments when you're eating or whatever where it, it actually does make it impossible if you're in an economy class seat. It makes it very uncomfortable. Although the last time that happened, I had like a glass of wine and my meal in front of me and there was a seat reclined and <laughs> the flight attendant comes around. And she's like to the person in front of me. She's like, uh, excuse me, man, can you please like bring up your seat for mealtime? And the lady's like trying to be polite. She's like, sure. She presses the button really fast. It just springs forward. The wine glass shoots into the air and I just have wine all over myself. So they should ask him to do it gently. But my point is... <laughs> My Fingers point, cannot be choosers. Uh, you should sure. just hold your glass when <laughs> yeah. you know she's about to spring. My point <laughs> is, I think seat like seat recline etiquette is more important, like to be enforced than an all-out ban on seat reclining. I agree, hundred percent. That's not much of a debate. No, sorry. It's uh, I also like I'm one of those people like you know how people like get really edgy. Like there are certain things you're not allowed to do when you're doing when it's takeoff and it's landing, mm. and they're always you know no electronics, seat backs upright, and you know fasten your safety belt. We've all heard that spiel a million times. Like most people, are like oh, I want to take my seatbelt off and I want to go to the restroom. Please, please, please. Like let's reach the reach the thirty thousand feet. I'm just I'm like finger on the button of the recliner <laughs> and I'm like, just waiting till I'm at thirty thousand feet and I just go back immediately. I think it's totally fair game but i do agree that you shouldn't recline during meals well there's been stuff in the news recently right about certain airlines yeah if again getting rid of it ryanair won't let you, you british airways can't. is starting to do that on flights four hours or less in europe they're basically installing seats that do not recline Quote, but yeah ryanair finger doesn't quotes, have gentle recline i was i was in us. i think one of those plans or maybe it was a test case or something but it was maybe. a british airways flight from malaga to london and i went to go hit that recline button and it went approximately half an inch and then stopped. Can and I, I was just like, ask this isn't working. And I asked the person <laughs> next to me and they're like, nope, same with me. This is the new normal. Can I just ask, what is their argument? Why are they saying, are they just saying for the comfort of the passengers or is it a safety thing? It's in their like basic economy version, right? So you're going to have to start paying for this the right to recline. Because the pitch is like 19 inches. Yeah. <laughs> Aaron's doing the queen wave. <laughs> no, I'm doing my, uh, this is ridiculous thing. I which will, also looks like the queen's wave. I will say that I don't often recline my seat mostly because I usually sit in the aisle and it's usually tall people in front of me or behind me and I honestly like feel so guilty reclining my seat when no one else is like if everyone in the plane reclines their seat like it's the weirdest thing I was every time I fly like Copa or another Latin American or South American um, airline literally you hit 30,000 feet and the entire plane like reclines at once it's amazing <laughs> and you're just like oh cool okay I'm gonna do it because everyone is participating and everyone understands and everyone is at their most comfortable reclined but I feel so bad especially when you like get up to the bathroom and make eye contact with a person whose knees are like squished because you reclined your seat 
Yeah, I think I just have like insane guilt about reclining when there's a tall person behind me and I just can't do it because I remember all these times of my dad having his like knees absolutely murdered. I just murdered. think, you know, as a fairly tall person, I just think the idea of reclining seats being the reason your knees are crushed is a bit of a myth because like if you look at the anatomy of it, where your knees are, aren't really where you're the chair in front of you is going to be exactly hidden. That's exactly what I, I was going to say. No, I think it's no, more I think your, like, it's more your, I like, think it's more your, you get claustrophobia yeah. of it being, even, like, you feel even more enclosed and it makes you more anxious. But I've, I've sort of loosely studied this when I've been on planes and to, just to see, like, where the recline actually hits the person in the seat. And I'm always like, their their legs would be just but as uncomfortable had I will that person say, not been I say, if the seats are close together and your knees are then like yeah up higher mm. then like yeah you're gonna My but you can't man spread right That's or fair. a woman spread yeah. so you're you have your your yeah. legs are not as they, like you're not as accommodating <laughs> if something is reclining yeah, the, the between them the, pro the biggest problem i found and i just flew emirates which has their tray tables quite positioned quite low down on the seat back and so when the tray table is quite low down on the seat back if the, if it's reclined that is much more difficult for mm. the person to use. And it wasn't, I wasn't even talking about during mealtimes. I was trying to do work yeah, it's on impossible. a laptop while it's I flew. Yeah. And yeah, it's way better to have a reclining seat when the tray table is higher up. That's why I'm all about those old school tray tables that are in your That's true. armrests. It's like the old school desks. Yep. Yeah, I think those are great. Fly in the bulkhead. Bring them back. Exactly. I just want to say. If you don't pay extra for it, which oh they gosh. make you do these days. Sometimes, <laughs> some airlines. Sorry, yeah. Brad, go ahead. No, I just want to say. Like about I'm to say really disappointed. This is going to be the most Maybe dramatic the next one be, will be this the most dramatic. dramatic. No, no, like. no. I'm bringing the drama. Okay. Oh my God. I, I feel oh, like I know we you go. reasonably well. Yeah. And I think of you as, for the most part, empathic people. <laughs> but I got to say, I'm feeling. Like, that may not be true so much anymore. Like, you're cold-hearted. <laughs> you gotta be to make it you're, in this travel world. You're, you're mean. You, you don't, I reckon... You're I just not, talked you're about not... thinking about... because I felt so guilty. So, so let, me, let me ask you a question. If I have a device that prevents you from reclining your oh, seat. That. What is How that? do you feel about that? <laughs> wait, wait, wait. What is that? I'm allowed device? to bring that on the, the plane. The knee defender. I yeah. brought it in <laughs> my carry-on. It's not against the rules. Do you own one? And were the allowed to use people? that? Hey, it's dog eat dog out there, man. <laughs> if I can block you from reclining and I'm not breaking the rules, isn't that cool too? Mm, Let's explain right. what the knee defender is first, because Aaron looks confused. I, I actually have never heard of this. At five it's, foot two, I don't. Need I believe it. it's made of like foam, like pretty dense foam, and you put it on your lap, and it's kind of triangular, triangular prism shaped in a way, and it goes basically up against the seat in front of you so that when they try to recline it just doesn't move they can't do it because there's no, something blocking I reckon that is not fair at all I'm <laughs> sorry that zone. person has paid for that reclining yep. seat yeah. no that's no mm -mm. air travel like the seats on airplanes they recline that's like a thing not that... on British Airways between Malaga and London so I guess <laughs> not my question to you is... then it doesn't matter that's no. a moot point no. with your knee defender because hey, look, that's not blocking anybody I, if they can't there's another it. way of looking at this <clears> which you know British Airways has now and others, I'm sure, have started to play around with, which is, what exactly are you paying for? I feel like I have paid for the space in front of me and also the seat around me. And when you recline, even though that is a feature of the seat, you are still diminishing the value of the thing that I paid for. I think that means that you can use that, but you are not allowed to recline your seat. I don't recline. I, I obey the Paul Brady rule. 
If yeah. the flight is under four hours, I don't recline the seat. I mean, yeah, I don't usually do that either. I recline my seat when I'm like trying to sit back or like go to sleep or something. What's yeah. the four? I mean, what's Why your argument four for hours? four hours? Is that well, like your threshold? For I comfort? actually reckon it's better to do it when it's like an hour, like the shorter. No, the, I think the argument, and I don't want to speak for Paul, but for me, the argument makes sense because for four hours, you can just deal with it. Just sit there and fucking deal with it. But beyond four hours, there are people who have, you know, back conditions or the posture. The, changing your posture makes more sense on a longer flight. Like right? all like, humans have that. <laughs> yeah. But there's no. always exceptions. What if it's an elderly person or a pregnant lady or somebody? I mean, sure, you know, that's yeah, an exception. Like, yeah, right? take, like, take a look behind and scope it out. Like, but I, think I mean, if Aaron was would... sitting behind me, I may recline my seat. Yeah. But if you were sitting behind me, Seb, I would honestly probably not. And I'd Catherine too. I'd be fine too. if you did. I would not I would, hold it against again, you. Again, I wouldn't hold it against you either. It's this just is where right. I'm an asshole. I never check. I feel like, this, like is this is the zero sum game. Piece of, of selfishness. Yeah, like, I, feel like I just want to do it. No, Give it to is, me. This is the prisoner's <laughs> dilemma. The zero sum game of mm. assholeness because because basically it's like that's a bad position for anybody for the person. And so it's basically like, well, I'm gonna get shat on, so I'm gonna shit on exactly. everybody else. That's what I reckon. Here's what I think. It's like survival. Here's what I think though. On like a long haul flight. It is, let me try to get this logic straight in my head. <laughs> it is more uncomfortable to be in a completely straight seat back for 10 hours mm. than it is to have a reclined seat in front of you. So I don't think it is a zero-sum game. I think it's like a cost-benefit analysis. And I think the <laughs> outcome is that everyone should just recline their seat because it is more uncomfortable to not have that change of posture, to not have that pressure off your back for... 10 hours. I'll tell you for me when the reclined seat becomes an issue is when I'm a window seat person, I prefer window to aisle, uh, when you need to go to the restroom. It's really difficult to get out. That's true. Those three seats, but are you at, do you grab the top of the seat? Because that would really annoy I me. Try <laughs> those so people, I try not to. I try not to. That's so and then they like grab your hand and say, I've never done it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like three seats to get past. It's like one Excuse slingshot, me, sorry, two sorry. slingshots, three slingshots. Oh, that's my Like my ass is in the face of everyone next to me. <laughs> oh, oh God. God, traveling sucks. Wait, hold on. <laughs> Going around. If you're a window person, I'm an aisle person. What do you count? Aisle. 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 I'm five foot two. So I can be a window person. <laughs> <laughs> if I was give me five more inches, I'd be an aisle. My person. six foot three brother is a window person. That's because crazy. he likes Talk. like I think you have extra against. space for yeah. your head and curling up. And I also like the and also I'm a nervous flyer and for some reason um I get it calms me down when I can look out the window. Yeah, I think it's the opposite for me. I'm mildly claustrophobic, so I start to get more anxious when the space gets smaller. Yeah. I also prefer to be the inconvenience to other people to use the restroom than be inconvenienced to let them through. Uh, see, I can't. So I, it's a very calculated. I'm, I'm much more comfortable being inconvenienced yeah. than yeah. I am inconvenienced. Yeah. I also pee On a longer flight, I'll definitely do the aisle. But on shorter flights, I've started to do the window because people, especially if it's early in the morning, people bump you. Mm. Yeah. yeah. I, more get, anyway. I get like sad when it's like I miss out on an amazing like landing view, yeah. the you window, know, approach view, but I just can't. For the gram? The, yeah, window, the window seat definitely makes me feel like it's my own space more so than the aisle. I don't know why. Huh. Okay. But well, I do think... That was less... I do think, and maybe this, is <laughs> not, maybe this is not contentious at all, but if you are in the aisle and the middle, if it's a three across thing, 
you get the hell up when the person wants to go. You don't just sit there and expect them to oh crawl over you, which yeah. has happened I to me before. I hate that. Yeah, me too. When people and just always, look at you and then sort of like, like squeeze like, back. Yeah, they're like, they, all right, it's ready. They go ahead. scrunch up as, mu- as little as they can go, and I'm like, which isn't very little often. Right. It's like, I'm sorry, I like my I'm bum still going to give you a lap dance right now. Yeah. And you're going to have to get up again in two seconds. I think we can all agree that you should always get up. Just get up. Yeah. Yeah. Agreement on that. No no debate, no debate needed. All right. Uh, I got a feeling I know where you people, you horrible people, are going to land on this. <laughs> armrests. Oh, I've, I'm dogmatic about this. What's the story with the armrests? So who gets the armrests? The middle, uh, the middle two, so you have three across, <clears throat> going from left to right. Left armrest, that belongs to the window person. Obviously. Next armrest belongs to the middle person. Next armrest after that belongs to the middle person, and the aisle person gets one armrest. I disagree. I also disagree. I think, I, well, this is what I do. I always play a little game in my head when I'm in the window seat. (laughs) Traveling with Aaron sounds fun. (laughs) No, it's fun. And I just assume that the person in the middle seat is cool with it and they know the rules as well. I always just think it's like they have it sometimes. And then when they have lifted their elbow up, I I get it. And then they lift it up or I lift it up and then they get it back and that's fine. But also, it's it's a shared thing that we don't even communicate. I've tried that before and it gives me anxiety because I'm constantly. (laughs) No, no, it it has worked. Mine mine now. It has worked every flight it's never failed me I do that too and also no person in the middle ever occupies the entirety <laughs> of the armrest they're not like their palms down and so I usually I'll be like really scared just like white knuckle it on two armrests but I'm comfortable reading I sort of like put my arm yeah. in that little nook and just rest it at the and very it feels back very of diplomatic the in yeah. a way doesn't it I feel like it always has it's always worked out for me like we sort of have this Unspoken understanding. Yeah. But I think that's a question of priority, though. Not a question of, you know, like, I think I think it should be the middle person has priority over it. If they, like, look clearly look like, like, if they're a child, oh, yeah. fuck that. <laughs> but, like, if they, you know, or if they look Their like they're not going to use though. an armrest, if they look like Sebastian, they're... Sebastian, why do you hate the children? <laughs> <laughs> Sebastian like, does when it comes to flying. I've noticed yeah. in all of his debates. I just don't think they should, like... Uh, they, they should have no rights. They, they should the, fly. They're comfy. They're comfy. It's I a wish tiny the seat. curse of parenthood upon you. <laughs> they're a tiny human in a tiny seat. It makes sense as opposed to, like, a large human in a tiny seat. Um... And I, I think, like, if it's someone who, I don't know, looks like they're just using one for the whole time, then, yeah, I'd, I'll take my turn on it. But I but do think can, they should get priority. <laughs> okay, but wait. Uh, all right. So, first of all, why? Because they have the middle seat, which sucks universally. Well, what if they is, like the middle seat? Who likes the middle seat? Laura, Laura Redman. Redman. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that I would agree with Sebastian. I don't know anyone as crazy as LDR who actually chooses the middle seat and I feel like on a lot of airlines now you don't get the option to choose your seat if you are stuck in economy and don't want to pay $45 or whatever it is on Norwegian and odds are you're going to get stuck in the middle and if like you have to sit through that it's I happened I, to me it's I really worse. think you deserve I really think you deserve those two hours. I think really, this just niceness when we were talking about <laughs> reclining. I guess you had a little bit, but to Sebastian, he's so nice about the the armrest. Why isn't it dog eat dog? Get your elbow up there and claim that space. Because I've, I've the middle seat Fuck is you. I, I, also just, I also just want to point out to everybody who cannot see Sebastian's face right now when he is talking about when he's clearly recalling his experience of flying in the middle seat. His face scrunches up to a like place I, of I such could pain. I cry right now, but I don't know what happened to him there. I could cry. Middle seat PTSD. Yeah, it sucks. It really sucks. Yeah, you wouldn't wish it on anyone, and you can give up 
that one armrest. You're going to have one. It's not like you suddenly have none, which sometimes the middle seat person has none because both the aisle person and the window person are mean and take it from you. Right. They're not mean. They're just taking what's theirs. I, I do. It's not theirs because <laughs> the middle seat person the, is left with they none. They paid for those armrests. So what the one the middle seat person paid for? The chance at the armrest. <laughs> I do think I do think Catherine's, Catherine's right in that when you get that really great person next to you who kind of understands what's going on and they take the front of it mm-hmm. and you can there's still space for you to take the back of it. That's when you're you've really that's, struck that's gold. That's airplane sweet spot. negotiation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're Silent negotiation, though, because you never talk about yeah. it. You never, you know. it's, just, it's just mutually understood. <laughs> right. <and done. laughs> you, you people are all horrible. <laughs> I, I, or really nice to middle seat people, but everybody else here are horrible, too. Um, okay. All right. So, I, I got again, I got a feeling where you're coming down on this, Sebastian, but uh, toddlers in business class, should we or should we not? allow them to exist. I reckon we absolutely should. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I'm I looking at Sebastian looking for I'm, like either like hor- a horrible reaction no, or I, agreement. I, I, I This is my I, thought. I, I, I think it's like, this is my thought. I think that when you buy a business class ticket, of course it costs more money. You know exactly what you're getting for so that extra money. So much more money. money. So much more money, and that's a whole nother podcast about like, the, I don't think the disparity between economy and business is fair. Anyway. You're paying for better food, better service, um, and more space. Nobody said anything about it being the the quiet cabin. Nobody said anything about that. You're not paying for that. And I, I agree. I understand that you feel you're entitled to every comfort that economy does not afford you. I have but meetings I when I get there. I have. I'm. I'm on a red eye in business class. I have meetings. I have a day's worth of meetings. You I want have to, to know sell. something? Quite a lot of people in economy do as well. But I. Yeah. Exactly. You, you can't. You can't discount. And also, companies are not successful enough. Uh, no. For them to have. Business well, my class. company flies me economy. So, <laughs> um, <but> Case <laughs> in point. Here's here's my. I think that you can't them. equate that somebody in a con the 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 amount of an individual's wealth that an economy class passenger has spent on their ticket yeah. is less than that of what the business class passenger has paid on their ticket. Just assume the company hasn't paid for their ticket. I, I, I don't... No, I, 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 I also think they have more. you have more space. If you have kids in business class, it's better yeah. for the kids. They're not confined to this tiny seat. You can make tiny. a little fort under there. Economy class is business class to a toddler. It's a tiny little <laughs> seat. I agree with that, too. I don't, I don't oh, think no. you need to bring your their kids seats, into business class, but I think ground. you can. Ladies and gentlemen, we're talking about toddlers. You can't, like, say, oh, you're going back in. We're talking right. about small C. children. You, and I Dad used to and fly, and I'm sure Catherine did, and I know Sebastian did, because we grew up overseas, and we would, oh, we would come back to America once a year, and my dad's company would pay for it, and my parents would... They knew we were on the plane. We were safe. The flight attendants loved us because we were three cute little children. And my parents were in business class and we were in economy and we were fine. But how old were you? I was starting when I was four. My brother was two. I have a, I, so my argument for this is not like a, all kids, you know, all toddlers should be banned from all business class cabins. But for the sake of argument, say, I don't know, I get married one day. And I've saved up. It could for, happen. Yeah, it could happen. And I save up for this, you know, really elaborate or really, you know, special honeymoon. And as part of it, we're going to splurge on some business class tickets, which I haven't paid for, bought, you know, in a very, very ever, ever. I've never paid. I've never paid for my own business class. Stay on track here, buddy. Um, <laughs> anyway, so, and then you get there and you're really excited for this, and there's just like 
a, a crying toddler the whole entire flight, which there, which there wanna... will be. But wait, like I think so. What I think is that not necessarily all business or first class cabins should be by rule toddler free. But I'd be curious to see an experiment where that's an option, where you can take a certain flight that has a toddler-free business class. Because the same way there are adults-only resorts and adults-only hotels, for that very reason, I think there should be the option for an adults-only flight. Yeah, but the worst for things like New York and London, because there are like 20 million flights to New York and London every single day. So you as a passenger are not inconvenienced if you have to opt out of you know, the toddler-free or the toddler-friendly business class but there'd be very few I mean if you're inconvenienced because you can't bring your kids on business class I feel like you've got other issues but who's to say <laughs> someone in minute. economy class hasn't saved up for that big ticket and exactly. is really excited that's what I think it's all yeah. a matter it's all it's all subjective like there's for some people the amount of their wealth that they would spend on the right. economy ticket is, is the that's, same that's as relative that's a very good point so. but, but I do think that like I just like the idea of there being, maybe it is just for very popular routes, but I like the idea of there being so that option. But you also know what like makes your business, what drowns out this, the kid in business class? The really comfortable seat that you have to sit in or the bar that you Bose have to QC sit at. QC35, like just get Really a quick, I'm just going to say there are plenty of grown ass adults who do not behave themselves in business class. True. And if they get to True. sit there. Some of them run for president someday. If, <laughs> if they get to sit there like Good point. behaved or like poorly behaved children get to sit in business class too. Because if you're so drunk that you act like a three year old, but you get to sit in business class, like so do the kids. I'm I just think it'd be a fun wanna, experiment. I just, I also <laughs> want to point out that if, uh, if the child is over two, which is, you know, we're talking about toddlers, they bought the seat. So just like with reclining, if, if buying the seat means you get to do whatever you want with it. No, because that's like, that's good. They bought like, the seat. You're getting all like Randian on this. <laughs> the toddlers get to hang out and they get to make noise because it's not the quiet cabin. It's not the quiet cabin. Right, but well, like, wouldn't that be fun to try to see if you could pay for a quiet cabin? Well, that's well, a whole other argument. Yeah. It's like, should planes like trains though. have quiet cabins? That's my that's my argument. I'm not saying because I'm not. I'm never going to say that. No, because you're rich, you don't have to deal with crying kids. Because that's a bullshit. That's bullshit. But I do think that like it could be cool if that was something that was instituted in the future. Depending if that's on something that was important to you, if you if the flight, if the journey was part of this experience you were trying to have, to be able to like be like, no, I don't want you know a kid a crying toddler because he doesn't know what the hell's going on with his inner ear. Um, I was that child. But didn't that, didn't some airline so try and do that? We wrote a story they about this. They did rows that were like certain sections of the plane were yeah, for families. And we got a lot of yeah. comments. Yeah. 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 I don't think they care that much about comments. They care about who's actually buying tickets. Mm. That's the economic, would the yeah. economics support it? Would enough people be willing I to pay so. an extra $500 or but whatever? But just like really popular vacation routes. I don't know. It just could be like a fun thing to try out. No, but Aaron's point is well taken, right? Like it, it, you don't have as many options for really popular vacation routes, but New York to London, there's a ton of or business, maybe not business inventory. Maybe not. But what about first? I mean, what if it's like the super ultra premium? That on like you know a flight to Tahiti Dude, if you or something. Your it was kid a first class only. ticket. But you bought you, you have a private suite. jet. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think it comes with a tutor. You know, like. But yeah. I also think but like. What is that? What's that argument? What do you mean? Like kids, people do that. I've seen like sure, four-year-olds sitting in first class. But that's what I'm saying is like if you buy the ticket. I mean, again, back to the I can recline my damn seat. If you buy the ticket, you can do you with can that do seat with what, you, what want. you want. That's it's very your libertarian. Territory. I didn't make it up. You, you came consistent. at me. With I wasn't talking about. You, I didn't. You I didn't came do the at money me with the recline my seat 
I bought my ticket. I paid my ticket. No, I was going with like the mob mentality route that like everyone should just do it. <laughs> I'm, I'm the anarchist. You're the libertarian. <laughs> oh man, this one. What do you guys? I mean, listeners. What do you guys think? Oh, we're gonna. Oh, we're gonna get it. We're, yeah. gonna, yes. we're gonna get, get so it. much. Just like at just if you could just, yeah. Sebastian, Sebastian why hates do you children. Not, yeah. why, why do you hate kids so much? <laughs> All right, I got. I got. Yeah. I got a question that is: This is not the right room for this, and the fact that we don't have Laura here is kind of criminal. But who's got it tougher on an airplane, short people or tall people? And I, I got to tell the listening audience: This is a room full, except for Aaron and I'm, me. I'm five foot this two. This is a room full of tall people. <clears throat> They're all tall people. It's not fair. I don't understand how this is an argument. I think we debated okay. it, right? I yeah, go re- for it. I have uh, my thought is this. I, I I can't dispute that it's more in a sense uncomfortable inherently for somebody that's taller on an airplane. Nobody could dispute that. But I, as somebody who's five foot two, who feels relatively com- petite next to generally next to whomever sits next to me or in front or behind me um i always feel i need to make concessions for that person like i'm always like if if it's the armrest thing if they're bigger i'm like oh you're bigger you 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 have more comfort there or if they're taller or they're in front or behind me that is i know i i know i just said i always recline my seat but I feel like I, I have to be the one to be more inconvenient so that they can have that little piece of comfort so i think that argument makes it that you know if you're a, a short person and you feel obligated to make the person who clearly <coughs> is always going to be more uncomfortable given that little piece of comfort extra then it makes it more difficult for you but i i do have to say i prefer to always be five foot two than six foot two on a plane but the the overhead bins are farther away from you the argument that laura makes is that like she can never use the headrest because it's oh, I too can't far use away. the headrest. It doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't work for me. It doesn't work for me. It do, it's like it's it. not empathic moment. And, they and actually, think about that. they're all laughing at me now. And actually, no, they didn't realize. No, no I didn't. No, I'm laughing. Also, I'm laughing at the thought laughing. of Aaron like, like sitting, sitting up and trying and to and get like her putting, head. To, putting, putting a book underneath me. Those, like, those but, little wigs, like her trying to like get her head stuck and, in them. Actually, actually, that's another reason why I like to have the window seat because the thing is, I can't. I have to put my I have to rest my head on my hand because mm. the armrest, the headrest, excuse me, doesn't work for me. Right. I think mm. you're making a great case for and short people. And I can't. People. And and, yeah, and as are. a middle seat, Laura though is a contradiction because she likes the middle seat and she's also short. I can't do the middle seat because I have to rely on my head resting in my hand to sleep or to. But whatever. that in itself, like you have no, it's annoying. you have no pillow, you have no soft place to, on which to rest your head. It's really tough, actually. Getting your yeah. bag See? in and out of the bin. Yeah. That's tough. Rely but do you get help? Yeah, exactly. I feel like oh. well, I, I'm uh, tough. I can figure my back. Out, but, yeah. Aaron climbs on the seat. To I do. That high. <laughs> Tall people, you got anything S- to said say? Said somebody who's six feet. No, I think I think I think all the arguments for why flying sucks when you're tall are pretty obvious. It's just like a lot of limbs that are in a lot of pain. I think it's more that people don't consider certain things about why it's more difficult for short people. But I, I, I mean, could, I could it's hard that. for me to. I agree because that's my like when I see someone. If you were sitting next to me and we are going to travel together because this sounds great. Apparently, we travel very well. Together. Um, I would think, hey, I'm bigger. <laughs> I get it. I yeah. should get it. Yeah. I get more stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I'm bigger. Move. <laughs> but you already have a better chance of being CEO someday. Oh. There you go. Ooh. There you Ooh. go. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Let her have the damn armrest. <laughs> Give me the armrest. Yeah. Come on. The it's the least you can do. True. True. You can make all those millions. And I also have this weird thing. I, and I have this, like, even now, if you can see me, my foot is on the chair, which is gross. But... 
I because my legs are so short, I don't I can't comfortably it's not comfortable for me to have them on the floor. So I am that kind of, actually I'm kind of annoying because I'm somebody that puts my feet up behind your seat. Okay, let me oh, just. No. Oh, no. I'm sorry, I can't help it. Not, not to your seat, but like pushed up against. Nope, no. No. still but bad. when I see that little sock. You had them. <laughs> I gotta tell you, you had them until that. You had to let Ugh. that out. And you I will to- say the like, my feet don't touch the ground or like don't fit is a hell of a lot better than like when your knee gets jammed by the yeah. flight attendant coming through with the drinks. <laughs> Or by somebody reclining in front of you. I mean, I think it's a little more painful when someone jams a giant metal cart into you. Yeah. Well, you know, that wouldn't happen if you got the windows. Or somebody that grabs your hair when they're grabbing the top of the seat. Yeah, it's not not great. Aaron. I'm feeling very very targeted right now. (laughs) It's because you're short. Well, because you're a seat grabber. You admitted it. I didn't. I know. I said I always try to avoid doing that. Seat grabber and a foot putter upper. (laughs) All right. So speaking of, speaking of. Short people not being able to get their luggage to the bins. Do you help them? Absolutely, yeah. I do. I think if, like, what we were talking about with getting bags by the flight attendants, if they can get it on the plane, yeah. You know, we have a lot of people that say, oh, well, I hate lifting heavy bags. If you can't lift it, shouldn't bring it on a plane. But, hey, if you got to pass a flight attendant, more power to you. Flight attendants can help you, right? That's not covered in their insurance, so somebody's got to help. I will say that I like physically cannot lift very heavy things. And I feel like because I'm tall, people will look at me and be like, help me. And I'm like, I have like stress fractures in my arms. Like I can't like lift it. And then I feel again, like a really shitty person. Like I think that you just should be in charge of your. I'm not gonna be like, oh hello, sorry. Like <laughs> I can't, I can't physically lift your bag. <laughs> I just think that like, I think that people need to be more okay with like their first option to pick up their bag not being the viable option. Because I feel like like I just get death stares if I don't help someone with their bag, which they need two people to help get into the... Like, I've seen people who are plenty tall and plenty strong who just, like, overpacked. But what if you're, like, grandpa? Then I get somebody else to go help him, but I can't... I mean, like, I'm not going to help him. For my own safety. Well, that's, that makes, I mean, that's an individual, individual case and that makes sense. But I feel like, but I, think in I, general, I, think, I think the argument that like you packed your bag if you can't carry it, but like, no, I, there's a I, lot of people who, if you like, what, you're going to bring one shirt because you can I, carry I, that because totally you're agree. 90 years I, old? I agree with Seva. I think it's completely ridiculous that there's this argument like, oh, it's too heavy for you to lift over your head. That's ridiculous. <laughs> you should never bring so many clothes. Look, no, 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 no. I'm sorry. We have wheelie suitcases, which means we are not supposed to have to lift them all the time. And that same argument is like, you know, when I go on the subway and I've got my wheelie suitcase and I'm going on the subway and I've got to go down the steps and my bag is cumbersome and it's kind of heavy. I, yeah, I kind of do rely on the fact that a stranger is going to help me bring my bag down the stairs. And I think that's fair enough. It's the same principle when you're just trying to lift it into the overhead bin. I, I think it's ridiculous. It's like you need think. a pack list or start like, benching. I'm know? sorry. <laughs> the fact that you assume that somebody's going to give up five seconds of their time to help you lift your bag into the overhead compartment uh, instead of sacrificing half of the clothes that could fit in there. Like, that's ridiculous. Unless you have stress fractures. That's true. Thank Unless, you. Okay, thank oh, you. Yeah, thank if you. you're disabled, you. of course. But I'm oh. just saying. <laughs> oh. Less able to help. Differently abled. Less able to help. Just less strong. I I just meant, you know, less able to help. Let's cut that part. (laughs) 
I don't know. Ooh, I'm gonna, tough I'm, crowd. I feel like I feel like everybody. Has I'm going to help you, today. but I'm going to hate you a little bit unless you are visibly like old or no. You know, I don't. I reckon that's not fair. And I mean, maybe it's like me. And hey, I don't. Target I don't rely one's on be this. My wife. I'm like, I, why the fuck you bringing all <laughs> this stuff? But like, and I don't rely on this because I'm like, I'm like, no, I'm tough. I got this. I can do my own stuff. But I, you know, that's I'm blonde and I'm five foot two. And quite often, when any male sees me, like, like I don't even struggle. I can do my. I can get my bag into the bin. But they're always like. Do you need a hand? Do you need a hand? Because they assume that I need a hand. No, they're hitting on you. No, they're not. They're not. <laughs> trust me, trust, they're hitting on trust you. Trust me, they're sitting next to their wives. Or they're, they're not. They're just <laughs> being like. Did you say that like, like it matters? <laughs> <laughs> My point is, it's normal. I think it's human decency. You just help somebody. Yeah. The same way I expect somebody to help me with my bag down the stairs when I'm going to the subway to get on the subway. Like, I'm not going to be like, I won't be able to break down the steps on the subway, so I'm not going to pack the things I need. Sorry. That's why you take a cab. <laughs> 40 minutes before you're supposed to fly. Full circle. <laughs> the AC line will ensure no traffic. There you go. Court. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> All right. Well, that was illuminating. I've learned quite a bit about my We're not going to talk to each other for a couple of days yeah, now. It's, it's going to be a, not uh, wait for these tweets. A frosty <laughs> office. Ladies and gentlemen out there in listener land, we would love to hear your opinions about these things. Do you secretly hate the people who ask you to help you help them lift their luggage into the carry-on space? Do you support the toddler ban? <laughs> it's not a toddler <laughs> band. Hashtag, hashtag toddler band. Hashtag toddler, toddler band. band. Uh, uh, and and are you a short person who feels you don't get no respect? We want to know. Let us let us hear about it. And also, let us know what other burning airplane etiquette issues you have. Or airport. We started at the airport. Let us know where you stand on these things because these are important. Uh, we all deal with these things. We all confront these these ethical dilemmas. Don't forget to also subscribe to the podcast. No ethical conundrum there. Feel free. Go right ahead. It's the right thing to do. We are on iTunes. We are on SoundCloud. Visit us at seeandtraveler.com where every week we explore exactly these kinds of debates um, amongst our editors. And again... If you have not subscribed to the Women Who Travel podcast, time is running out. It's, Season um, it's one not running out. Season one is ending next week, and you should probably get on it so that you at least know when we come back. Let's. We'll just, you don't want it spoiled. Yeah. It's going to be spoiled for you if you don't. Like Everybody's going to know, and you're not going to know what it's happened gonna be so disappointing. On, in, in the final episode of season one. I think people need to sign up. This is Friday. When we when we're releasing this, the last episode's on Monday, you so you've got the whole weekend. You got the whole weekend. You have so many hours to go back, start with episode one, and then on Monday, after you've listened to all seven episodes, you get the finale. There you go. That's the way to do it. Any previews of the finale? Don't spoil. No, I don't. I think I think you're just gonna have to listen to find out. Okay. All right. Binge that. <laughs> Binge that Do this people weekend. binge podcasts? Absolutely. Binge listen. Oh, yeah. Binge yeah. listen. S-Town, remember that? Oh, yeah, that's fair. Come on. And, and Women Who Travel is at least as good as <laughs> It's very bingeable. It's totally bingeable. <laughs> it's bingeable. <laughs> All right. We are also at Condé Nast Traveler on Facebook and YouTube and CN Traveler on Instagram, Twitter, and the Snapchat. Ah, the Snapchat. Please tweet at us. As we said, we, we need to hear from you about this. 
send us feedback, review us on iTunes so that we can know. So many people have been sending so many ideas and so many questions for us to address on the podcast. We hear you. We read your stuff. We only do one a week. <laughs> We're going to have to double it up um, in order to get to all the different questions. But we do love hearing from you. And in fact, somewhere on, in, the, in the vicinity of 30 to 40% of all of our programming ideas are coming from listeners these days, which is pretty cool. That's great. Um, Meredith, how can people reach you? People can find me on Twitter and Instagram at oh hey there mayor, and I am planning the rest of the year for the podcast. So if you have an idea, feel free to tweet at me because you might hear your own uh, Twitter handle on a future podcast. All right, Seb. I'm at Seb Modek on all the things. Can you get people's Twitter handles on the podcast? I, yeah, yeah. Tweet me too. Toddler ideas. Toddler Ben. Hashtag toddler I like kids She's fine. <laughs> Not in my business class. <laughs> Catherine. I'm at KJ LeGrave on Twitter. Auntie Anne's fan 92. <laughs> <laughs> on Instagram. I'm Aaron underscore Florio on Instagram. And I'm at Bradrick. Have a great weekend, everyone. Thanks for listening. <laughs>